Hi, you're listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. so glad that you're here today. I love the words of that song, Holy Spirit, you're all we want. And I, we believe today as a church, and we believe every single Sunday as a church, that we believe we can get those words in our system, if we can get those words in our soul, and our DNA, all throughout us, in our lungs, and in our, our actions, and our thoughts, if we can get to the point where we can say that God is all we want, we believe that can change our houses, it'll change us, it'll change our houses, and it'll change our neighborhoods, and it'll change our communities, and it'll change everywhere we go. There'll be the presence of God in our life. And so we really want to get those songs for us to believe those, those songs. Hey, you guys, next week, we're turning seven years old. Can we just thank God for his provision, for his safety, for his protection? I'm so thankful uh, for God. I, that is a miracle. You know, churches are, I was telling our first service, churches are similar to, to businesses that 90% of businesses close down in the first year. They don't make it out of the first year, 93%. And churches are the same exact way. 93% of churches don't make it after year one. And so it literally is a miracle of God that he would allow us to make it through year one, year two, year three. Most churches, when they get going, I think like only like 20% of them ever break 100, 200, 300, 400. God is blessing this church over and over again. We're seeing people saved. We're seeing baptized. And so when we celebrate that seven years, we are just so thankful for what God has done and, and what he's allowing us to be a part of. It literally, is, it literally is a miracle. And so we're so thankful to be a part of what God is doing, and we're glad you're here. We realize as a church, um, we wouldn't get as far as we've gotten without you guys. If it wasn't for the faithfulness of men and women like you every single week, giving, serving, loving, inviting, and, and being a part of, of what we call Hope Church, then we really wouldn't be the church that God has called us to be. So we're really, really glad that you're here today. So when we clap today, we're really clapping, really clapping for all of us in here today. Hey, we're in a series called Battle. We're in a battle. That's the good news. I mean, that's the bad news. The bad news is that we're in a battle. The good news is that God's going to fight the battle for us. And there's more good news that he gives us the right equipment to wear during the battle. We're memorizing some verses like Sunday school. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 30, Psalms chapter 18, verse 39, you have armed me with strength for the battle. You've subdued my enemies underneath my feet. I want to let you know today, the devil's not next to you. He's not beside you. He's not in front of you. The Bible says that God subdued the enemies underneath your feet. Pre-COVID, I could do a whole split. I could put my foot higher. It's just a little harder now. But you, God has subdued the enemies underneath your feet. You've been armed with strength for the battle. You have what you need to go to battle. And this battle is serious. And here's the deal. you got to get ready for the battle. Because if you're not ready for the battle... You'll get taken out. I got taken out yesterday. Really, really, really hard. Uh, my son beat me at putt-putt golf. It was a tough battle. Really took me out. Really side-swiped me. Took me out. I mean, and this was the first for me. This was a, this was, hopefully this wasn't the inaugural winning. This is the, this is the first win. And my son took me out at putt-putt golf. I wasn't ready. I thought, the, I, I thought the enemy, I thought he was the enemy. I thought he was already underneath my shoe, to be honest with you guys. I thought I had him. I had him in hole one, hole two. I had him through nine. I was looking really good. And I got to about hole 12 or 13, and I fell apart. Just fell apart. So, needless to say, when they go to school tomorrow, I'm going to go to the putt-putt range. I, I get redemption. <laughs> I'm just kidding. you got to be ready for battle. You're, you got, this is silly. This is, this is trivial. It doesn't really, really matter. But we are in a spiritual battle. 
and there's an enemy coming after you. Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse uh, 13. Therefore, put on every single piece of God's armor. you got to put on every piece of God's armor. These guys, we have an off-duty officer that's here, and we have officers that are um, deputies and, and police, uh, police, uh, policemen that are in this, in this church, and they got to put all their armor on. They can't go to work without their gun. They can't go to work without their, 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 their bulletproof vest. They can't go to work without the right shoes. They can't go to work without the taser. They can't go to work without the radio. You have to be prepared for battle. And you and I as Christians, we got to be prepared for battle. we got to put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy. So the reality is here today, <clears throat> if you don't have the armor on, you're not going to be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And here's the bad news about the time of evil. You can't predict it. The devil just shows up whenever he wants to show up. He's, he, he wants to sideswipe you. He's not going to walk up to Dylan and say, hey, Dylan, I'm going to meet you tomorrow at second period of math class. He's not going to do that. He's not saying to husbands and wives here today, he's not saying, he's not going to let you know, hey, when you get in the car tomorrow, right when you start date night, I'm going to show up. But he's going to. Come on, somebody. <laughs> in our house, it usually starts like this. I get in the car. We're going to date night. I planned it. At least I tried to plan it. And she got babysitting. Like, we're doing really good. And as soon as I get out to leave the exit of the, of, the, of the neighborhood, I make a hard left. And a car comes gunning up on me. And she goes, did you see that car behind you? Like, that car just sped up on me. And automatically the enemy begins to, the enemy just, he doesn't tell you when he's coming. He just shows up and he blasts you. For me, he always tries to take us out on date night. I'm like, this is supposed to be like, this is supposed to be like an amazing thing. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is supposed to like start good. The middle should supposed to be good and the end supposed to be even better. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the enemy will just come after us. The enemy will just come after you and he'll try to take you out. You do not know when he's going to show up. The Bible says this, so you got to be ready. Then after the battle, you'll be standing firm. I want to make sure that all the battles that you and I face, that we're at the end of them, that we're standing firm. I meet so many Christians that are not standing firm today. They're kind of just, after the battle, they're like this. Just, just after the battle, they're just, just kind of just barely making it. I want to get you ready. I want to get you ready for the battle. God wants you to be ready for the battle. So here's what he tells us to do. He's given us all this armor. Verse 14, he says this, stand your ground. You need to stand your ground. Here's the first piece of equipment he tells you and I. He goes, you got to put on the belt of truth. Right out of the gate, you got to put on, girls and guys in here today, men and women, we got to put on the right, the right belt. Now, how many of you guys, I don't know where all my fashion people are, but how many of you know the right belt, the belt choice, it matters. Some of y'all, you don't know exactly what I'm talking about because you don't, you don't really know that you're actually supposed to match the belt with the shoes. You don't really know that. You're not quite prepared. I, we had a guy in our, in our staff, our, our church we came from, he was so smart, Paul. Like, he was brilliant. But all the, pl I said, I went to him, I said, dude, you are so brilliant. Why can't your clothes match? <clears throat> I go, you're so brilliant. Why can't you buy an iron? He just, and he goes, hey, you know all that, you know that part in your brain? Where you have all the fashion at? I'm like, yeah, it's, I thought it was common sense. Like, no, there's a spot in your brain where all that fashion is. He goes, my brain is consumed in a whole nother level. I have, I have creative things in my brain where you have fashion. I'm like, well, you gotta, you gotta match. <laughs> you gotta like you at least match. And I, he's like, well, give me a little tip. I'm like, well, here's a good example. If your shoes are brown, then your belt's brown. Some of you guys, you didn't know that. You're like, dude, this is such a practical church. I'm so glad it came today. 
If your shoes are brown, your belt, your belt is brown. And depending on what kind of shoes you have, I was talking to some fashionistas out there in the lobby. If depending on what kind of shoes you have, it matters what kind of belt. So sometimes if you're rocking the Gucci shoes, you've got to have the Gucci belt. You've got to have the belt. You've got to have the belts matching. I was out with a couple of guys recently, and they were golfing. They were golfing pretty good. I'm like, these guys are golfing really, really good. And I was, you know, I, you know, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, well, they're, they're, it must be the outfit, Marty. Like, that's why they're golfing good. I was golfing with Nelson. I'm like, Nelson has this belt. It's pretty cool looking. It's a nice little, nice little belt. I was out with John Anthony who plays drums. I'm like, he has the same belt. I was out with another guy. I'm like, he has the belt. And all these guys are hitting the golf ball pretty good. I'm like, they must be good golfers because they all have the same belt. Well, I bought the belt. I realized they're better golfers because they actually practice. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't the belt. But the first piece of armor that God gives you and I is this belt. And you got to put it on. It's not good enough to know I have the belt. I have the belt of truth. And it's called the belt of truth. So I, I want to give you a couple things today before we even get too far in this. The reality, I, I want you to know this. The belt of truth, it protects us and it prepares us for the battle. And this is what breaks my heart. This is what makes me lose sleep at night. This is what I wake up early thinking about. And it's this next slide. It's this. Without truth, you guys are lost. Without truth, I'm lost. And I would like to present to you today that there is a thing called absolute truth. And it's found in the word of God. God said, that I woke up this morning or last night. And God said, like, hey, write one more thing in your notes. And the one thing that he told me to write was this. No, we are living in a very 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 lost generation and we don't have to be we don't even we don't have to be as lost as we are guys i can i can illustrate this for for the men in here today we we say siri take me to the millennium mall and she begins to pull up these directions to mall millennium just like this and then what happens is is we look at it and there's a faster route and then there's a route without tolls. And you, and you. Proceed to Marshall Farms Road, then turn left. That's pretty simple, right, guys? But how many of you guys are not going to go to Marshall Farms Road and proceed that way? You know better than this thing does. Women don't do that. Women, they pull up in a, they pull up in a spot, and it says do this, and they just, they just follow the directions. How many women in here today are like, man, I wish my husband would just follow the directions? <laughs> We get in more fights, you guys. Diane and I get in uh, fights. We never fight because she's perfect. But we get in more discussions around directions than we do anything. She's like, baby, it just, it says go east. I don't really, and it tells you the arrow's going that way. And I'm like, now that's for like people who don't know where they're going at. She's like, you put the directions in there. You're, you're for the, it's for you. You're the people. <clears throat> I believe that we're lost because we're not getting the right directions. And we're getting all these directions, and we're just hitting ignore. And then there's some of you guys in here today, you're really messed up. You'll pull out maps, the Google Maps, and you'll press go. And some of you whack jobs will also pull out ways at the same exact time. Yeah, that's for someone here today. I've been there. Which one's better? Which one's better? And then we don't even, we don't even follow. And you guys, it's, it leaves you lost physically on the road. But this right here leaves us lost with every area of our life. Without truth, we're lost. We're just floundering. We don't know where to go. We don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. We don't know left from right, up from down. We are literally, if we don't have truth, then we are lost. And the reason why we're lost is because we don't have the belt of truth on. 
And there's a person out there who is always attacking truth 24-7. That's what we're doing. The devil is attacking truth 24-7. He goes to your home and he attacks your kids with the truth of obeying your mother and your father. He attacks the, they attack the truth. In our marriages today, the enemy will come out there and he'll attack your marriage on what is actually true. These kids, every single day, they're being offering, they're, they're offered this secular worldview. They're not offered a biblical worldview. Every single day, the enemy is out there waking up, seeking to who, see who he, he can devour and tear apart. And all he's doing, church, here's the bad news, is he's using just a little bit of deception. It's not, I heard uh, Charles Spurgeon say this, I was sharing with the first service, that we're not trying to figure out between right and wrong. We're really trying to figure out between right and almost right. It's like just a little bit of truth. Whenever I make a joke or I'm joking around with my wife, I'm joking literally 99% of the time. Donnie goes, I know that was a joke, but there's a little bit of truth to every joke. And I'm like, well, that one, there was a lot of truth. No, I'm kidding. There's a little bit of truth. So here's what the Bible says. In the enemy, he's been attacking since the very beginning of time. The spiritual battle that you and I are in, it has been going on a long time. Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, God creates all the things. We believe that the very first three verses of the, of the Bible are true. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, in the beginning, God. We believe that. We stand on that truth that ever since the very beginning, God has been around. Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, he says this to the, um, he's out there and he's created all these things. He's created man, he's created woman, he set the world in motion, and we have, he's coming to find his children. So God, he called to the man, and he goes, where are you? By the way, if God's asking you where you're at, he already knows the answer to the question. He replied, Adam says, I heard you walking in the garden, and so I hid. And so I hid. Well, that was the first. You didn't hide before, but now you're hiding. And God asked him this question. He goes, or he keeps on going, he goes, I was afraid because I was naked. I was afraid because I was naked. And, and God's going, you've been naked for a long time. What stood out to you? Like, what, what, what changed in this scenario? We know the story. They, they hid. They go, we were walking. We heard you coming. But we were afraid because we were, we were naked. Verse 11 says this. Who told you that you were naked? And then he asked him this question. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? God puts Adam and Eve in this garden and says, hey, guys, I want to give you some absolute truth. Don't eat from that. That will mess your life up. Don't do that. That will mess your life up. But you know what? The enemy came in. The enemy came in and goes, did God really say that? Look, look at that. Only, only one word changes that statement. God did say that. But he goes, did God really say that? God did say that. God said, don't eat that fruit. But then he begins to say to them, well, you know what God's really worried about? God's really worried about if you eat from that truth, eat from that tree, then you're going to be just as good as God is. And you know what's crazy? What's beautiful about our God is that he came to make us right and perfect with him. And the enemy distorts that truth from the very beginning of time. And all throughout the course of history, you guys, there used to be a day when everybody in here knew left from right. Everyone, we could agree on basic things. We could agree on, 
on just things that used to be so, 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 so normal. But the enemy has got in there and he's distorted truth. He's distorted truth. He's distorted truth. And now we're, we're, we are left confused and lost and beat up and broken. And I want to convince us today that we got to put on the belt of truth. That belt of truth was so important. It's the very first one. It held the equipment. It held some other things. It, it helped with the midline stability. It helped things stay compacted. It protected the side pieces. Like all those things they attached. And it was important to have on the belt of truth. It's the, there for a reason. We can know what the truth. We can know the truth. That helps me out. And I don't have to figure it out on my own. God has given me a template of truth. And I can just look at the Bible and I can figure out what truth is. Now, I want to let you know, you're like, well, that's pretty clear. I mean, of course, Adam and Eve got tripped up because the devil is really, really smart. But devil tried to use deception with Jesus. If the devil's going to use deception with Jesus, don't you think he's going to try to use it on you and me? He's always out there trying to tear down truth. He's trying to tear down family. He's trying to tear down our kids. And he does all of that with a little bit of deceit and it begins to mess everything up well i was i felt really good my dad used to say to me all the time they talked about jesus he used to say who the heck do you think that you are he said a little bit different i can't cuss in church but you get the point that they talked about jesus who the heck do you think you are that's what he said and i would be like i didn't know what he was talking about people didn't like jesus west they're not gonna like you they call me bubba they didn't like jesus you know people made fun of Jesus, and i would just you he would just tell me well, the, the devil is out to get not only just you and I, but he out, he was trying to trick Jesus. And so here's what it, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. God took Jesus out in the wilderness, allowed him to go out. The Holy Spirit allowed Jesus to go out in the wilderness to be tempted. So if you're ever going, man, I, just, it's so, it's, I, would, I really wish I wasn't tempted. Jesus Christ himself was tempted. I really wish I didn't have to go out in the wilderness, which I heard you guys, I heard, you heard me say last month, Tim Keller, Pastor Tim Keller in New York said this, that majority of the Christian life is in the wilderness. Jesus had to go to the wilderness. You got to go to the wilderness. Jesus was tempted. You're going to be tempted. And if you have the belt of truth on, some incredible things can happen. Verse 2 says this, 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and he became very hungry. Aren't you so thankful that when you do the Daniel fast, it's only 21 days? Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm going to get myself prepared for January for 21 days of, of prayer and fasting. I'm so glad we're not doing it for 40 days. I'm so glad we're not spiritual enough to do it for 40 days. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. 40 days, Jesus goes out there in the wilderness. He's led by the Holy Spirit. And for 40 days, he's fasting. Guys, he's not eating for 40 days. And listen, listen, listen how smart the devil is. The devil knows you well, by the way. You better figure yourself out really quick because the devil's already got you figured out. If you play sports in here today... I went and watched a, a football team this past uh, Friday night, and at the very end, the coach said, hey, want to let you guys know you won today, but you got a whole different opponent coming next week. And we're going to go home, and I'm going to go home tonight, and I'm going to study that opponent, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to put together a plan in order to go out and beat the opponent. The devil knows you well. He knows your weaknesses. He knows where, you, where, you, where he can find you exposed and try to take you out. And so he tries to do that to God. So verse 3 says, during that time, the devil shows up, and he said to God, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. You see how, if you're the son of God. Jesus is the son of God. 
And the devil knows that. But the devil goes, if. Did God say, if you are the son of God? Isn't it crazy? Just a little bit. Just a little bit of distortion. You, it's, it's not easy to see why people get taken out because it just, it's just a little bit. It's like a little bit of truth and a little bit of lie makes it a full lie. It's not full truth. If it's not full truth, it's not full truth. But he takes this little thing and says, if you're the son of God, and he was, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. And Jesus is hungry. And Jesus could have turned the stones into bread. But here's what he says. He has the belt of truth on, and he says here, <clears throat> but Jesus said to him, no, I'm not going to do that. People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I have truth. God, what God says about me is true. I'm not going to do that. If you're the son of God, and God's like, I am the son of God. And God was hungry, and he could have turned the stones into bread. We saw, we talked about that last month in manna from the ground. We know that God can turn bread or sto from stones, take stones and become bread. We know that he can do that. The devil knows that he can do that. And he says, if you are the son of God. He was the son of God. But God sent me out here to fast and to pray. And the enemy was trying to take the devil out. And the devil was preparing for his greatest act. The, the, the Lord Jesus was preparing for his greatest act of ministry, which was the cross for you and for me. And he's, God's out to get him out to prepare for that. And the, devil, and the devil tries to attack him. Verse 5 says this. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple. And he said this. If you are the son of God, if, jump off. Jump on it. Jump on. He goes, if you are, then jump off. Jump onto the ground. But the scriptures say this. He will order. Now the devil is quoting scripture. He will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your feet on the stone. He took him up there, and he said, if you're the Son of God, jump off. The Bible says that the angels will catch you. Now the devil's quoting scripture. If the devil is quoting scripture, simple question, rhetorical, don't you think you better know the scriptures? Because if you don't know the scriptures, the devils can use the scriptures against you. And he tried to do that with God. If you did it with Jesus, the Son of Man, he's going to do it to you. I would, if I were to venture to guess, if I were going to put two people up against battle, knowing the truth, I would guess that Jesus going up against any of you guys, Jesus is going to win. <laughs> In the beginning was the Word, John 1, 1, and the Word was God. I would venture to guess that Jesus could win the battle. If we were to do, anybody grew up in Sunday school where they used to have the sword drill? Anybody remember sword drills? Nobody. Cool. Thank you so much. I'm glad you're here today. The rest of these heathens don't know what a sword drill is. <laughs> a sword drill was when you would get your Bible and you would set it down like this and the teacher or the Sunday school teacher would say, John 5, 8. And you would flip over into your book of Bible and you'd find Matthew, Mark, Luke, John and then you'd find chapter 5 and you'd flip over and the first person there would begin to read John chapter 5, verse 8 and the Bible says in John chapter 5, Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. And that's how a sword drill would work. But you would go against all the kids in the Bible class. Some of you guys have never done that before. But you're, you're trying to memorize the scriptures. And so you're flipping it over, and the first person that got there, he usually it was, it, was, it was a very, very good reward. You usually got a piece of candy. <laughs> and so it was worth it. And then you got a piece of candy if you actually brought your Bible to church. We don't even bring our Bibles to church anymore, which isn't a knock. We have the Uversion app, and billions of people have got it downloaded. It's amazing. But the reality is that we have to, you can, know the belt, you can know about the belt of truth. 
But if you don't got no truth in your, in your belt, then you're in trouble. If you don't put the belt of truth on, then you're in trouble. So he says here, Jesus, the devil is quoting scripture now. And then Jesus says in verse 7, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. By the way, since we're here and we're reading a lot of scripture today, there's only one place in the Bible where God actually tells us to test him at. Do you know where it's at? It's in the area of our finances. I know, that's terrible. Like I was tracking it. I love the belt of truth. I love the whole armor of God. But now you just talked about finances. The, there's only one place in the whole entire Bible where God says, test me in this. It's in Malachi where God goes, test me in the area of your finances. Did you know that God mentions money, finances, over 2,000 times in the New Testament? Because he knew our biggest God would not be anything else but money. Because money's, money's, money's a big deal to us. If you don't have it, then you can't eat, you can't sleep. Money's a big deal. But money can change the world. Money's not good. It's not bad. But God knew that we wouldn't do a good job with our money. We don't have to, we, we don't have to do a, a poll today to understand that most of America is in debt. And our solution to get out of debt is more debt. It doesn't make any sense to you, right? Only one area. He says, I want you to test me in this one area. He knew that would be a hard thing for us to do. But it takes resources to change, to change the world. I was, telling, I was talking to a friend of mine today. She goes, man, I could, I could do a whole lot of things if I didn't tithe. I said, really, what could you do? She goes, I could, a Disney cruise would be easy for me if I didn't tithe. She said, I could drive a Lexus. I could drive whatever car I wanted to if I didn't, if I didn't tithe. And I was like, yeah, I never thought about that before. Don't think about that, by the way, because it gets, it gets very, very, very intriguing. <laughs> You're like, I could do a lot if I wasn't given. 10%'s a lot. Isn't 10 We all could agree 10%'s a lot. We do uh, with the Habitat for Humanity. Michael and I are on the, on the board there. But we encourage people to save, to give 10%. And we encourage people to, to, to save 15%, 10%. That's 10%'s a lot, whether you make a dollar, whether you make five dollars, whether you make fifty thousand, or whether you make a hundred thousand, ten percent is a lot. God knew that would be a lot for you, so He goes, "Hey, we're going to make a biblical principle here. This money, this message isn't about money, but there's one area, and you got to know. And what happens is, here's what I believe: if you begin to have margin in this area of your giving, it changes everything, every area of your life, how you spend, how you live, how you act. Money's a big deal; it's a big deal to God. He goes, "Here, you're not supposed to test God. Don't test God. You must not test God." But only one area in the Old Testament he says you should test me at. Verse, verse 8 says this. To the peak of a very high mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And verse 9 says this. I will, the devil says this. He takes him up there to see all the things that God created. The devil takes him up there, and the devil says this. I'm going to give all this to you. Isn't that, isn't that cute? <laughs> I'm going to give you all of this stuff that you own. That's silly. That'd be like Dylan walking up to me and goes, hey, I'm going to give you those shoes. They're mine, bro. It doesn't make any sense. It'd be like me going out with, it would be me going out golfing with Marty, which I cannot wait to golf with Marty. He's been practicing and preparing. Nobody wants to lose their pastor, but <laughs> it'd be like me going to Marty, 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 I'm going to give you your, I'm going to give you all your golf clubs. Pastor West, I bought those. Oh yeah, good point. The devil takes God up there and goes, I'm going to give all this to you. If you'll just kneel down and you'll worship me. And at that point, God's like, you're ridiculous. So he says here, get out of here, bro. Get out of here. Get out of here. I'm, I'm honestly sick of you now. Now, like, you, you've, like, you've gone way too far. Now you're telling me my dad owns all this stuff 
and now you're telling me that I get to, you're going to give it all to me? It's not even yours to give. You see how the devil uses a little bit of deceit, a little bit of distortion, and it robs all of the truth. He goes, get out of here, Satan. Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and only serve God. Three times. There's importance there. Three times the, the devil tries to tick, trick Jesus. A second time tries to trick Jesus. A third time tries to, he was hungry. He's like, here, here's some food. Hey, I want to take you up here. I know you like stuff. I'm going to give you more stuff. He tries to trick, and, and he does the same exact thing with us. He tries to trick us with provision. He tries to trick us with power. He tries to trick us with small problems. Like he is always out there trying to take and steal and kill from, kill from us. Rob us. Take what already belongs to us. Take things from us that God already gave us. The devil's always out to get there. But the Bible says that God had on the belt of truth. And every time he came after him, he preached the truth. I love this series because all I get to do is just share with you truth upon truth upon truth. And I think it's imperative to know that God gave us the very first piece of armor as the belt of truth. And if you can put it on, everything else will flow from having that belt on. <clears throat> three times, three times the, de the devil tried to attack Jesus and Jesus put him in his place. I believe this. If you will know the truth and you'll speak the truth and you'll live the truth. If you'll know the truth and you'll speak the truth and you live the truth. I believe verse 11 can happen. The Bible says this, then the devil went away. I don't know why the devil won't leave me alone, Pastor Wes. Well, you don't, know, you don't have the belt of truth on. So you got nothing to throw at him. You don't have the belt of truth. You need the belt of truth on. I don't know why. I know why. You don't have the belt of truth on. Well, okay, I got the belt of truth on, Pastor Wes. What now? Well, now you have to begin to speak it. When the devil comes at me and tries to tempt me and distract me, I do my best to quote scripture. This passage of scripture, our memory verse this month that we're trying to memorize, Psalms 18, verse 39. You have armed me with strength for the battle. I've reminded myself, you've armed me with strength for the battle. And then I got to live it. You know what you don't want? Same thing I don't want. You don't want a pastor that preaches the truth but doesn't live it. I don't want that. Wouldn't that be cruddy if I was telling you guys to do all these things? Speak the truth. Live the truth. Be obedient to God's word. But then you saw me out acting a fool. You saw me in debt up to my, you saw me in debt up to my eyeballs. You saw me not leading my finances. You, you'd be like, what is this guy doing? He's telling us to follow the truth, but he doesn't follow. You don't want, you do not want to be in a church like that. I don't want to be a church like that. I don't want to be, I don't want to be a pastor like that. I got so many layers of accountability around me. Part of my belt of truth is layers of accountability. It's got belt on top of belt. Hey, is that good for you? Hey, do you need that? Hey, is that healthy for you? Hey, is that the truth? I'm asking that, and I got guys around me asking. That's why you got to be in community. That's a whole other message. The Bible says the devil went away, and the angels came, and they took care of Jesus. I believe there are some of you guys in here today, you want Jesus to take care of you, but you're not putting in the work. You want to skip all the wilderness, you want to skip the trials, and you're, just, you're hoping God will show up. And God's going, if you put on the belt of truth, and you start speaking it, and you start putting it on, you start speaking it, and you start living it, the Bible says then the devil will go away, and then Jesus will come and take care of you. 
the memory verse today on the YouVersion app, which you ought, to, you ought to be in it, the Bible says in the YouVersion app, the verse of the day says in the book of Psalms 147 verse 3, the Bible says that he heals the brokenhearted and he bandages their wounds. You want God to do that, but if you don't know that verse and you don't preach that verse, then you can't experience that verse. You gotta know the, you've gotta put on the belt of truth. And so I brought a belt to you, I brought a belt for us today, because it matters. I brought my, my workout belt. And uh, Jeremy's like, you, it has dust on it, Jeremy, I know. <laughs> and I wanna make an observation, because I am a very honest pastor, probably too honest. I would like to go on record, Jeremy, as the owner of my gym, Armor CrossFit. I know it's kinda hard to say you have a membership at a gym, but you don't go to it. I do go, I have my membership, it's still active. <laughs> Um, you get the point. You get more out of it if you actually go to the gym. I would like to go on record to say that I went to put this belt on last night, Jeremy, and it fits so much better pre-COVID. It's tighter now. <laughs> and it's supposed to be tight. This belt is supposed to be tight. Can I illustrate it for you today? This belt, of, this is going to be the belt of truth today. Now the deal with this belt right here is it, when you put this belt of truth on, you've got to put it on really tight. You gotta cinch it up really tight because it stabilizes all the small little muscles in your back and it protects you. And I would like to declare to you today that when Pastor Wes is in good shape and when he has his belt on, my max deadlift is 425. And you can strap this thing on and it literally takes the breath out. You literally have to two-hand this thing. And again, I got it higher because this area, it doesn't go this high. But for sake of illustration, Actually, I'm gonna do it for you. The problem is, my, it's really my microphone, it's no problem. Oh, let's move it down here. It really goes down here by your waist, and you literally, you cinch it with two hands. You just, and it, it tightens up. <laughs> it tightens up like this. It's very uncomfortable. You try, to, you try this illustration. You're like, Pastor Wes, I'm not a smaller, I would. <laughs> and women's. Um, so, when you put this on, you can bend down. I've already deadlifted here before. You can go back and watch the videos. I wasn't going to deadlift again because I can't deadlift what I used to deadlift. But the point is, when I could deadlift a lot, this belt helped me. And you literally can bend down, and it pulls all these muscles tight in your back. and keeps them all together, super, super, super tight. And I can bend down, and I can, grab the, I can grab the weight with a flat back, straight posterior chain, looking forward. And I can take the deadlift, and I use cross grip like this. I remember all this stuff. It's all coming back to me. And you, I could stand up with 425, just lift up like this. Boom. One, drop it. But without the belt, I can't do it. Things are loose, things are jankety, things ain't gonna, you've gotta have on the belt of truth. And this is really common sense to you today because I'm a really common sense preacher, but here's a little, here's a little fun fact for you today. Jesus wore the belt of truth. And if Jesus wore the belt of truth, you better wear it too. That's common sense. Anybody agree with me that that's common sense? If Jesus put on the belt of truth, then you gotta know that there is such thing as truth. We are falling for all kinds of fake news and bull garbage. I need to drive home the point, Paul. We fall for the dumbest stuff. It's a little bit of truth, and it's a little bit of lie, and we believe it because there's a little bit there. And then what's bad news is that we, we perpetuate it, and we share it, and we retweet it, and we repost it. And it's a little bit good, and it's a little bit wrong, so it's all wrong. Can I illustrate it for you today? If I told my kids do the right thing, do the right thing, do the right thing, do the right thing, but then on Monday I don't do the right thing, 
then what am I teaching them? I'm really teaching them to do the wrong thing. Because they're watching me. They're watching me. I got a 15-year-old now. When we're in the car, if I text and drive, what am I communicating to her? That's okay if she texts and drives. And my stinking 11-year-old days, and we, she's like, how long do you think it'll be until Hope starts texting and driving? I'm like, get out of the car. <laughs> Whose kid are you? If Jesus wore the belt of truth, you better wear it too, church. Here's what John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man can have truth apart from Jesus. You can't have truth apart from God. That only, he's the author of the truth. Here's some good news. If you wear the belt of truth, the lies of the devil won't be so believable. When the devil gets me, I get so mad. I'm like, I cannot believe I believe that. I cannot believe that that tricked me. I cannot believe that that took me out. I cannot believe that. I cannot believe that this has taken me out. This little freaking lie. Stinking lie. There's kids in here, Marty. We got to put on the belt of truth so we don't get, well, these aren't so believers. Here's what the Bible says. If you put on the belt of truth, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14 says this, then when you have truth, and then when you live truth, and then when you speak truth, then when you have all this armor on, and then when you start practicing the armor, and you start living out the armor, then you will no longer be immature like children. Immature people don't have on the belt of truth. Immature people don't have the armor of God. Mature believers, mature believers, they put on this whole armor, and they're not immature anymore when they have it on. Then those people, they're not tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. Wow. We can do this. We can do this. I want to invite you to stand to your feet all across the way today. I wonder if there's anyone in the room in here today that's believing a lie. I don't know what it is. I don't know what lie you're believing. But here's what I believe. You ought to leave that lie in this room. Whatever it is, I'm not good enough. Leave that lie here. I can't trust God with this. Leave that lie here. I, can't, I can do this on my own without God. Leave that lie here. I can't forgive him. I can't forgive her. Leave that lie in here. It's a good place to leave a lie. All across the way, your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Dear Jesus, I declare right now in this room for the person who is struggling with the lies of the devil, I pray right now in this moment, they put on the belt of truth that they would believe that you are good and you are faithful and that you will help them to withstand the fiery darts that are coming at us. God, we declare that, God. We declare your word over this church. We declare your word in our lives, through our lives. Lord, we pray that we're going to claim the word of God, we're going to preach the word of God, and we're going to live the word of God in this house. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.